Welcome to episode 19 of A Politic. And this is a progressive conversation for people who hate politics. And what does that mean? It means that we want to talk about politics in a way that people will feel respected, they'll feel empowered because they're getting straight information. No games, no trips. We're just trying to outline a series of principles that will help guide us toward progress for everybody. We're not hating on anyone. We're loving everyone. And we want each person to get empowered. And some people will have to lose a little power for others to be able to gain power. But it will be healthier for everybody. And that's one of the things we want is a healthy and sustainable society for everyone. So the discussion, we're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it to around five minutes. And we want to keep it to the point. So welcome, and hope you'll enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 19 of A Politic, and today we're going to talk about principle nine of progressivism, which basically recognizes that progressive thinking Increasing increases respect for the citizens and cultures of all nations. And really what we mean by that, for example, in Common Sense in 1776, Thomas Paine began to recognize that the United States was not just a country that was a colony of Britain, but that we really had connections, major connections with every European country and that we were becoming a unique political organization that could relate to the whole world. And now in 2020, what we see is that there are hotspots around the world that indicate that many, many countries cannot really respect other countries, especially within their geographic regions. So there are countries where ethnic groups are fighting, where national groups are fighting. And what we're looking for is that the United States will show the way that we can, in fact, have a world where every culture, every nation is respected and basically recognizes that the planet is shrinking. So, Steve, I wanted to ask you, what were your thoughts along that line? Well, Bill, I, I, I believe you uh, kind of touched, touched base on, on, the, on that basic point. Obviously, the founding of America, or the United States of America, you know, occurs in the late 1700s. And the, the scientific and industrial revolutions were just, you know, in their infancy. And you fast forward to the 21st century and a lot of the conflicts that we see 
in the world today are really tethered to the eras that preceded uh, historically the founding of the United States, which in my opinion is the the experimental test bed in microcosm to show the rest of the world how all the races of the planet, the all the the religious faiths, all the ethnicities can can work, live, and prosper together as a single planetary experience. And uh, as you had mentioned, uh, the the main drivers of what's going on now in the 21st century is that the earth is shrinking regarding its resources. Uh, the population of the planet is really going beyond what the earth can provide to sustain 10, 12, 15 billion human beings. And so resources are, are becoming scarce in, in parts of the world because of the population that's also increasing. And so all these, all these forces are kind of converging at the same time. And yet the historical aspects of how humans have lived the previous 10,000 years are, are really still overshadowing how we need to make the transition to the, the new world, um, a planetary civilization. We can't fight amongst themselves the way we have historically. I mean, when the Romans uh, and the Greeks were in their heyday, they didn't have a clue that the Aztecs and the Incas were on the other side of the planet. And now, you know, uh, you know, uh, somebody sneezes in China and we know it instantaneously uh, in the United States. And so there are forces that humans have released on the planet that are really pushing us, kicking and screaming into a world where we've got to either learn to live together or we're going to, um, you know, perish together. Okay, so how does that translate into increasing respect? In other words, for example, historically there's been a lot of tension between the United States and Mexico. The United States has not treated Mexico as a peer country. They've treated Mexico as, in a way, a surrogate, as a colony. And Mexico has been searching for identity and for validation. There are a lot of other countries that we have treated very poorly. So how do we make that transition into respect? What do we need to do to get to that respect for the citizens and the cultures of all nations? Well, uh, again, I think we, we have to hearken back to basics, and that is that we share a common humanity. Yet we have an architecture of economic uh, design that really pits wealthy, powerful, vested interests in in agriculture and um, manufacturing and uh, and what a lot of the forces that have the power and energy in America 
see in, in this example Mexico being easy pickings. Oh, you know, the cheap labor and uh, uh, the ability to um, utilize our economic wealth as a, as a cudgel to, you know, basically get our way in, in, in a sense at the expense of people or nations that don't have the financial wealth uh, that, um, that we have. And again, we need to work together so that if we have peers that basically stand, you know, toe to toe with us rather than being, you know, we being the giant. And uh, I mean, a perfect example historically is the United Fruit Company in, 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 um, in, the, in the early uh, 1900s. I mean, they were so powerful and they were based in the United States, that they utilized the American government and its military to go down into Central America and literally make it a colony for the company's ability to um, have their way with uh, the natural resources and the production of agricultural goods um, and uh, even to this day, that probably has left a historical bad taste in a lot of people in Central America's um, uh, mouth. So, so it speak. sounds like what you're saying is one of the things that we need to do is de-emphasize financial wealth, de-emphasize industrialism and manufacturing as the basis for giving people respect, that it's not about well, your money, it's not about your ability to produce goods. Those are good things, but they're not the key. The key is the, key. the humanity, the, hum the, yeah, well, the fact that we are all human beings. But the glue bill that holds all of that together is equity, that the the dominant players in the equation that have the power and the resources to pretty much get whatever they want in an economic equation. If they do not infuse equity into the, the math, then they won't see the humanity of the partner that they're in, engaged with. So it's just a matter of taking what they can because they're so powerful in the relationship that the, the partner that is weak has to succumb to it or else go without. And so a lot of, uh, a lot of countries that are still in the process of trying to become uh, economically viable have to kind of go along to get along and usually it's at the expense of the less powerful nation and so america being you know the in this in in the world but in the western hemisphere the the dominant economic engine of the world um at least uh, up until maybe recently um you it's basically um they're at the mercy the, the less powerful are at the mercy of of the decisions that are rendered by the the more powerful entity in the equation so equity as the underlying value that goes along with a common humanity helps to temper the 
former value of the power of money. In other words, we're not going to go with the golden rule anymore. He who has the gold rules. We're going to the value of people united with a value on equity. Okay, well, that's it for today. We have to quit. We'll see you next time. You've just finished episode 19 of A Politic. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the episode and we're looking forward to more and more love and respect being shown to all people of all countries. So we'll look forward to seeing you again next time.